Hello there, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we're doing another episode of Greedo Shot First, our Star Wars podcast for people who don't like Star Wars fans. It's funny as that was like a, a joke, and it's become like our our slogan. So we got a lot to talk about. Lots of Star Wars stuff happening over the last few weeks. Yes. Um, there was a like series of Entertainment Weekly articles and some new photos. There was D23. Uh, there's like a bunch of merchandising leaks happening. So where to begin? I, I feel like I want to start with uh, a meaty subject here. We, we learned in one of these Entertainment Weekly interviews with J.J. Uh, Abrams that Kylo Ren's name is a bit more than we knew to begin with. The name Ren is not a a, like a, a surname it's i don't know what would you call that like a, a title it's yeah just like darth like darth yeah ren like there could be other wrens uh, so kylo ren is kind of like you know it'd be like you know ren vader or something like that his real name is actually charles de Laurentiis. yeah kylo ren the knights of ren ren there's this group called the knights of ren that are some sort of order of we don't know what but they're they're knights of it and kylo ren is is one of them i was looking at some of the supposed leaked uh concept art for the knights of ren Mm -hmm. i feel like based on this we saw one of them in the trailer or maybe in the behind the scenes footage one i can't remember really in in what context the it's the the black helmet with the like red thing like the slits around the eyes i don't know if you remember that but I think um, that that's it's very. Do you mean similar. there's like like two characters running down a hallway? Is that what you're talking about? I don't remember that part. I just remember like looking at the face briefly. Um, so we might actually see the Knights of Ren in the movie. Uh, interesting detail though: the Knights of Ren or Kylo Ren, who is a Vader obsessive, he is apparently full of emotion. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing that the way they describe the Knights of Ren is that this is an order who thinks that they are. Like, they think that they're correct and, and, you know, like, morally right. Like, they're not just, like, evil mustache twirlers. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see what type of villain Kylo Ren's going to be. I mean, it sounds like he's, he's going to be very full of emotion, but not... Like, I don't think he's going to be, like, tying anyone to train tracks kind of thing. Right. He, he he's, you know, has a righteous cause, or at least he believes he does. I wonder... I mean, I, I'm I'm aware of the gist of the storyline from Clone Wars, the cartoon, and so I kind of wonder if they're going to go back and maybe work in like your your Asajj Ventresses into that, or do the uh, Inquisitors somehow tie into this? I kind of feel like they aren't, just because reading stories about how J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan like came up with the story by like just like, walking around talking about Star Wars and whatnot, like it just. Oh. I just don't picture those two guys being like, so on the Clone Wars, this happened. Like, I feel confident well, no, that J.J. No, no, no. Abrams probably like has not watched the Clone Wars. Somebody who's in charge of the new canon will probably try to work it all together. But we're skipping over the question. The question that got J.J. into this in the first place. Yeah, the question that made him reconsider saying no is when Kathleen Kennedy said to him, who is Luke Skywalker? And that intrigued him enough to take, to take a deeper look and eventually sign on to Star Wars. So who is Luke Skywalker is apparently a, a question that this movie and maybe this new trilogy is going to be about. I just want somebody to go like make one of those those like dumb short movies like they did with all like the George Lucas and Love or whatever ones. Where it's like Kathleen Kennedy, she has a meeting with JJ again on Monday. It's the last meeting. And she's just like going through her the motions of her weekend, like trying to come up with questions to get him to reconsider, like putting emphasis on different parts of those questions. Who is Luke Skywalker? Who is Luke Skywalker? Who is Chewbacca? The Knights of Ren. I mean, we talked a lot about <laughs> it's like if the villain is not a Sith. Are they still a dark side user? Like, what do you what do you call someone who is using the force for, you know, the dark side of the force, but is not a Sith? So maybe the Knights of Ren are part of that, or maybe they, maybe there's some sort of like off branch 
who thinks that like they're just going to use the dark side and the light side and there's like no difference and they kind of like form their own separate little like cult or something makes sense what do you think the knights of ren are couldn't even begin to tell you uh, i mean that the whole purpose of dropping them in this was to be you know definitively uh curious and enigmatic well it seems like they're not sith you know maybe they, maybe they want to they want to say like okay well the the whole chosen one prophecy whatnot like okay the sith is gone but we're still going to have like dark side force users and we're going to have something separate for them although they seem to be obsessed with darth vader so and that yeah. may or may not be related to the sith yeah um, so, and there's just a they're lot of, like... They're basically the, uh, the Force users, like, uh, you know, Tea Party or something like that. <clears throat> That's terrible. I can't um, even back that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the other Entertainment Weekly photos, um, interesting stuff. I mean, not totally new. Some of those shots we'd seen before, but we got, like, a really cool shot of Kylo Ren, like, in the snow with his lightsaber... Um, I know all the, all the merchandising has like Kylo Ren's mask is kind of like the, the background art. So they're definitely pushing that mask that he has. It supposedly is like that mask is designed very intentionally to like recall Vader and perhaps other people as well. So it's definitely mm -hmm. supposed to mean something and not just be like a random mask. I do wonder if we're ever going to see the character without the mask on. Which is funny because I feel like I see more, you know, uh, Precursor fan art solely surrounded around like BB-8 and Captain Phasma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like those are the ones that have kind of already taken hold of the, the popular imagination. Yeah, I mean, I think bb eight's just going to be huge. Um, but yeah, Entertainment Weekly article. It was, it was like a bunch of articles really about all kind of different stuff, just interviews. Not a ton of new news, it's just more... More of like everybody involved in the creative process saying the right things, basically. Mm. You know, of, saying of, stuff you like to hear. A lot of just, you know, minor background details. Dameron is like the name of J.J. Abrams' assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Phasma thing came from Phantasm. That fucking movie. Uh, it's a cool shot of... Uh, Face. I want to say Cure Ray, although I highly suspect that, like the whole Kira Ray Kylo Ren thing, that's kind of in the dumpster. Um, Ray and Finn here running away from a stormtrooper in the background on Jakku. That's a pretty cool shot. Mm. Uh, they also suggested that the names, uh, the surnames of Ray and Finn are being withheld intentionally, which I kind of think is a little bit of a misdirection. Like, I don't think that necessarily means that both of them are like are related to somebody, maybe just one of them, but they're like holding them both back to kind of hide that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the, the obvious thing is that Ray is like a, either a solar or Skywalker, but they're trying to keep that as long as possible from like being confirmed by like holding back Finn's name too. So you don't know for sure. I really like the shot of, uh, Ray BB eight and, uh, Tito. Oh, like, the, uh, uh the like beast. weird beast. Yeah. That was pretty cool. The Lugga Beast and Tito. We see that there's a shot of the busted up TIE fighter with uh, Finn in his Stormtrooper armor next to it. I feel like that's from the the first teaser we got. Like That's probably behind him as he stands up and looks around all freaked out. Yeah. So I was right to predict that several months ago. Just saying. 3PO's got the red arm. You can really see it. Um... Yeah, so, oh, better shot, like a, an actual good shot of a General Hux here. It's like big ass, like, like trench coat. Interesting look. It's interesting because it's like seeming there's a lot of upstartness to this new empire almost. You mean young? Young. Uh, I, I kind of wonder, like, about the, the 30 years of rebranding of the empire. Mm hmm. Supreme Leader Snokes and General Hux and this new, like, splinter dark side group. It's it's an interesting kind of soft metaphor for, like, other people coming and taking over this franchise and kind of expanding upon it. 
Yeah, they they mostly seem young. I mean, I think we're all presuming that Snoke is probably going to be older. I mean, I feel like that's a, a theory I see a lot of people having is that Snoke is going to be like uh, the kind of like emperor type figure who's just in the background. We like barely see him at all. And Kylo Ren's kind of like his, his number one henchman. Um, I know I've seen a lot of theories that they think that Kylo Ren's going to like basically like like murder Snoke or usurp Snoke and take over. Be interesting. For all we know, none of these characters may even survive this movie. I feel pretty confident that Kylo Ren is going to survive. Could be wrong, but I feel like there's one lesson, and not that I found him as a particularly interesting character, but there's a lesson they can learn from the prequels is that having a character like Darth Maul, who you build up so much and then they're actually barely in the movie and then just die and then you have to like create a whole new villain again, I feel like maybe they've learned that it's it's better to have a, a villain with an emotional attachment who you see over and over, especially if Kylo Ren is like, you know, Han's kid. Well, I definitely don't see... My prediction is that Benicio Del Toro won't be picking up a red lightsaber in episode eight. Hmm. Whatever he does. Yeah, he's rumored apparently to be cast as a villain in episode eight. We don't know as who exactly. I wonder if this is him like... Uh... Feeling like that classic actors, like they feel like they missed the boat with the previous mm-hmm. opportunity. And so it's like when he said no to Into Darkness. What worries me is that uh, the other name tossed around is Joaquin Phoenix. Was Ooh. just, I just got to give thumbs down. That guy, I, I've tried to give that guy chances. Like on in retrospect, I feel like he was the worst thing about uh, P.T. Anderson's last movie, Inherent Vice. Like I just, bad enough. I feel like that guy just ruins every movie I watch with him and I don't like him. But hasn't Del Toro said that it looks like it's happening? Yeah, but that's not the same thing as saying it is happening. Mm. You know, it's like agents are, are talking to each other and whatnot. But fingers crossed. I'd much rather have Benicio Del Toro than Joaquin Phoenix. I remember uh, right before that Comic-Con where they announced all the Avengers, uh, some news site had announced Joaquin Phoenix to take over as Bruce Banner. And I was just yeah. like, that's... That's horrendous. Well, they also wanted him as Strange, Doctor Strange, apparently, which also would have been terrible. I feel like there's a cycle, though, where your your agents can get your name on shortlist for a while. When mm-hmm. none of them pan out, hopefully you go the way of Sam Worthington. Well, I think Walking Phoenix is a little bit of a different actor than Sam Worthington, but sure. Still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots of cool Entertainment Weekly photos and interviews. The Knights of Ren. Uh, we also learned that Simon Pegg is... Kind of a, it's not like really contributing creatively. He's just kind of like a sounding board for J.J. Abrams, I guess is how you describe it. Trusted ally, yeah. Basically, if like J.J. will be like, hey, what do you think about this? And like, if it gets a thumbs up, cool. If, if Simon Pegg is just like, ooh, that sounds like dog shit, then J.J. will like reconsider. It's not like he has like ultimate like creative authority or anything. It's just kind of like, no, just pair like- of eyes outside of the production to like give you. You know, like what, what's your what's your gut level like fan take on this? Friends of JJ, but not, you know, not so precious about every idea that JJ mm-hmm. has. I mean, which I think is a good thing. I know a lot of people don't like Simon Pegg's involvement because he didn't like the prequels. Um, but I, I feel like you want somebody who's going to give it to you straight and be like, nah, that sounds that sounds dumb, you know? Mm hmm. I would presume that the same thing is happening, you know, with the creation of Star Trek three. The other way around. Yeah. Or Simon Pegg's like, JJ, what do you think of this? JJ's like, I'm glad I'm not doing that movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, have fun dealing with Viacom and Paramount and all those other fucking companies. <laughs> other than Idris Elba. Ooh. <laughs> what is it? Star Trek Beyond? Is that what they're Star calling Trek it? Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what else to talk about. So what is what what have they said besides just the name of Constable Zuvio? Nothing. Okay. Just a name that got out somehow? It's on merchandising. So there's been a a bunch of merchandise leaks. Um there's there's this big event they're calling Force Friday, which I find vaguely cringy. It's like all the merchandise is getting released on I think it's September fourth. Um and there, you know, it's like Force Friday, and it's like going to be this big deal. People are hoping they get the trailer trailer for Episode Seven. Then, 
And it's that's when all the Legos, all the action figures, all the like, you know, cover girl makeup kits, like there's like so much merchandise merchandise coming. Uh, oh, the uh the toy cross hilt lightsaber looks bizarre. Oh, I've not seen that one. It just looks like goop I'll send you a link. Keep talking. Yeah. Um so that's that's all coming, but a lot of it's been leaking already, so there's various uh little action figure leaks. One of them is for a Constable ZVO. I believe that was one of the action figures. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or it might have been like one of the Lego characters, one of the two, but starting to get like some more names and whatnot. Um, Like Unkar's Thug is like a little Lego character, I think, in one of those. Like whoever the hell Unkar is. I mean, I don't know. I think you know how I feel about merchandising. Um, not my favorite part of Star Wars fandom. No, but, um, I find it just kind of gross that it's like force Friday. Like people are like, I don't know. So into it. Are you talking about the action figure lightsaber thing here? Yeah. The action figure lightsaber. Okay. Sorry. I thought you, I'd seen that. I thought you meant like an actual, cause I'm sure there's going to be like a cross guard lightsaber you can oh, buy yeah. and like beat up your friends with. Can't wait. Yeah. But uh, the, the merchandising aspect of Star Wars has always been a little weird to me. First order transporter. I guess just the idea that like most of the people going to Force Friday are like not going to be kids. You know, it's going to be a bunch of fucking forty-year-old men going to this. Well, I think it's 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 in the wrong order though. I'm all for the movie coming out and then the kids going out and buying the toys and getting to create their own adventures. That's that's well, part of the process. The merchandise is coming out now for the holiday season. They're not going to wait. I know, but still, it's it's just it's in the wrong order. It feels like in a way. I mean, I get it's geared towards the parents, so they have this shit ready to go. Um, it's like Darth Vader is a part of one of these things of toys. Of course, they're going to release Vader. Yeah, they did like a Vader and a Luke. I mean, that's just like give us money, basically. It's like they they know there are like these poor bastard like completists out there who have to have like every version of like Vader or Luke, so they're just gonna like here spend money on this. Mm-hmm. Trooper. Yeah, the the taller. I think there's like a the three and a half inch figures, and then like for like your super nerds, there's like the six inch figures that have like more points of articulation, and that's the one where Kylo Ren's sword, like it's the cross guard. It's like the energy is kind of like all coming together down at the bottom, like, like above, like the link hill a above bit. the hilt, like linking together rather than having that just like the metal tubes bare. Uh, I I don't think it's gonna do that in the movie, just based on the footage we've seen, but who knows. <laughs> the I can't think of what are these little like for the smaller toys like what are these little extra things that come with them? Oh, I don't know. I mean, some of them are like stands that they sit on. Other things are like these weird, like some of the figures have these weird, like it's like something you fit over, like their torso. Well, like, like weird yeah, armor the, stuff. The one for Kylo Ren on the back, it shows that something he holds, like kind of points out. Yeah, I mean, it is just, like, stupid bullshit to sell toys. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the movie. I mean, it's like when, like, a new Batman movie comes out and, like, there's, like, all these different bat suits that you didn't even see in the movie. It's interesting that they all have some variation of this bullshit, though. The speeder bike looks pretty cool. There's, like, a new Imperial speeder that's, like, kind of, like, black, like, dark gray with yeah. uh like the 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 coloring of like the like special forces stuff for the the first order is very cool it's like black with like a like a a red accent or a red slash or something like you see that in yeah. the new tie fighter he's got this kind of yeah his torso has this kind of red sash on it mm-hmm. almost um it's a very sleek uh speeder bike it, to me this part kind of reminds me of some of aspects of like uh uh Darth Maul's little thing in Phantom Menace oh yeah very sleek mm-hmm. i thought yeah, and then some of it's very either. angular. Like they even have um, what was this called? Like the the first order snow speeder, which much like that thing that Ray rides on Jakku. Um, you know, it's very it's just very square. It's not well, very. It sleek. definitely seems like the first order is like well funded or something. I mean, they've got some like bitching new hardware. They've got they've got the nice uniforms. They've, you know, various there's flame troopers and snow troopers, and they have all these like new vehicles and special forces ties and whatnot like well just uh the fact that they even the the blaster pistols are like different you know mm-hmm. they're white and black 
Uh, yeah, where are they getting their money from? Uh, the the there's these lander vehicles uh like like troop transporters yeah which i believe they're the like the sets they use for those they like repainted slightly and they're using them in rogue one which Mm -hmm. is interesting just like like a way to save money um they definitely recall vaguely the like amphibious assault landers from Mm d-day i mean that's definitely there just like when you look at it like your mind is probably going to just wander and think of like, you know, saving private Ryan opening. Um, which they, is good. Cause a lot of yeah. the battles in star Wars have their origin in like world war two movies, even with like the, the one kind of pilot at the back kind of like raised up a little. Yeah. It definitely feels very intentionally like recalling, you know, past, uh, military design. It's very cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are you going to buy any of this shit? No, not even the Lego stuff. I feel like you're gonna buy some Lego stuff. I don't know. Lego thing I've ever bought was the uh, Millennium Falcon. There is a new Millennium Falcon coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I already have one. Mm. Poe Dameron has a black Lego X-wing that looks pretty cool. Not like a completionist like that. Where I'm, I'm sure I won't be buying. Everyone. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to buy like a, a lightsaber to hit you with. Um, you mean still, try to hit me with? We still need to find somewhere. That we can go and that other people can't see as we uh, lightsaber fight as adults. They really just should have that space. Mm-hmm. You pay money to do it. Safe space. Space. But I guess the question is like, we can't both get Kylo Ren lightsabers. I don't know. We'll have to see what they offer. Mm. Maybe we'll flip a coin. Mm. I mean, I. I think I I'd remember... rather have the uh, the found Luke lightsaber anyway. Well, so obviously the t- the two lightsabers that are definitely going to be there, are like the Kylo Ren lightsaber and like the Luke blue lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But I know that they're probably going to want to sell other lightsabers. Like, what are they going to do there? Are they just going to make some shit up or like sell like some old lightsabers? Probably the old ones. I wonder if there are any other lightsabers in the movie. I guess it really depends on the Knights mm-hmm. of Ren. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so yeah, that is all the merchandising stuff. Did you happen to see, this is almost like spoilery territory, but there's a photo out there that's taken from a, uh, it's like a, it's like a notebook. It's just like a random like notebook that like students would have, but it just has like, you know, like Chewbacca stuff on the cover. No. Um, let me send it to you. And I just want you to tell me like, what do you think happened before this photo It's a photo of Chewbacca and Ray. You mean, is this a photo like right after uh, theory, rumor, Han dies or something? I mean, they look pretty glum, right? It's like, where's Han? Why why isn't Han flying the Falcon? Also, there's clearly a flux capacitor right there between mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, yeah, they look pretty fucking gloom. Plus, uh, Chewie and her are flying. Whereas in the other stuff we've seen, it's Han and Ray are flying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we don't know what the movie's going to be, but I think there's a speculation before filming even began that like Han's going to die in the movie because like that was like always the thing is that Han wanted to die, or Harrison Ford wanted <laughs> Han to die, I should say, Honestly. in order in order to do a new Star Wars movie, he didn't want to you know have to stick around for a whole new trilogy. But maybe he does die. Sad Chewie. Be an emotional scene. I mean, I feel like 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 Chewie would just go into like a berserker rage. He it's like he'd be crushed by an emotional moon. <laughs> Ripping arms off stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Um Last little side note, which I just think is cute. Uh, Poe is the name of J.J. Abrams' daughters, like Polar Bear. Mm. Um, do you want to talk about the poster now? Sure, D23 poster. This is not the official poster. This is just like a special poster for D23, which I kind of feel like is like one of Drew Struzan's like, I don't know, like warm-up gigs or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not It's not like the greatest poster ever. It's okay. It's not like amazing, but it's... It's that classic Star Wars feel, though. The classic yeah. Drew Struzan. Well, it feel. is Drew Struzan. So. Yeah, I know, but I mean, this is this is what one of those things. You know, you want to hear John Williams' score. You want to see these characters in like Drew Struzan art. Um, it's interesting that there's no Poe Dameron. 
No, so it's, uh, let me just pull it up here. God, you search for the Force Awakens poster and it's nothing but fan art. Do you, it, uh, do you bind to a lot of people's theories about this is a confirmation about Jakku? Not really. Um, so just in general, the posters, three main people and then like Han Solo, like over in the corner, like with a weird posture holding a gun. Um, but it's, Ray is in the middle with her staff and then like to her to her left you have like Kylo Ren in the background with like a bunch of TIE fighters and then to her right you have Finn holding Luke's blue lightsaber like with looking, uh, X-Wings behind him yeah looking ready to fight um, and she's kind of in the middle you know in between light and dark I feel like that's not a mistake holding and she has like this like squinty like determined look on her face yeah and, she looks she looks tough she looks mm-hmm. uh, like Clint East- Eastwood here mm-hmm um, so I feel like, I mean, obviously, you know, I had to like pick this to death and like, what, what does this mean? I mean, obviously we know Finn's going to use a lightsaber probably. I don't well, think they would put it in the poster otherwise. Right, right. But also he's in the rumors. He's the one who initially comes into possession of it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray just has her, like her staff there, but it, it, the way she's positioned, I really feel like they're saying like, this is your main character. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, no, yeah. And then Kylo Ren's over her other shoulder with his, well, yeah. his broadsword. Freaking out because uh, there's not two initially, but three sons on Jakku here. On the, the little, on like the light side, yeah. Yeah, with uh, the little like moisture farm apparatus in the corner. Evaporator. Mm-hmm. I also love that they have just on the right or lower right corner. They have like the imperial architecture light scheme thing. Well, it's Ray is standing on the like the stairs from empire like when uh, luke fights vader and bespin yeah basically faded into space yeah mm-hmm. um or maybe even jedi too i'm trying to remember if they had those there but yeah she's standing on the very like imperial looking like staircase that i, I mean, mean as far as it's made me nothing though it could, this could just be like a rough draft that drew Struzan did well as far of... as the fact that a, a movie poster especially something like this is supposed to just evoke a lot of the themes and feel of the movie rather than depict like literal scenes like mm-hmm. it's, it's absolutely perfect yeah i'm very interested to see like does does ray get to use a lightsaber is she going to be using that staffing i mean that staffing doesn't seem like it'd be super useful against like range weapons i guess we'll have to see i kind of wonder like is it possible that there are no blasters on jakku Hmm. Like there's rumors that like Jakku is like a society that like was formed by like the survivors that like crashed a Star Destroyer. Like it seems like her her big staff is her weapon of choice. She doesn't seem to have a blaster. Right. So I kind of wonder, does like nobody have a blaster on Jakku? Is it just like I'm going to beat the shit out of you with my staff? Or is this like just a like a essentially like a rifle? Or something yeah does it shoot something or does she is she able to like block blaster bolts with it because i mean it's definitely it's her thing we've seen it strapped to her speeder mm-hmm. yeah it was strapped to her speeder she's running with it another shot she's holding it here uh you can see that it it has a little strap on it so she can strap it to her back mm-hmm. i think that's how it is in the uh the action figures mm-hmm. is it set up like that So this is just a tease. This isn't even the real poster yet. This is just the kind of like the first tease of putting these new characters in the kind of classic Drew Struzan aesthetic here. I mean, I'm looking back again at the art for Kylo Ren on the, the toys and, you know, beyond just the, the cross hill on the, the lightsaber. They do a good job of evoking this kind of like sci-fi medieval monk feel, like this evil mm-hmm. Knights Templar vibe to him. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a vibe that the Knights of Ren may be some sort of, like, almost like religious order, like, like, like Arthurian. Um, well, it makes me, like, having not, not watched a whole lot of that last cartoon, it makes me very curious more about the Inquisitors now, and just a lot of the, the, the mindset that went into creating some of this new Star yeah, Wars. I don't know, I honestly am not that curious. I feel like none of that's going to have anything to do with Episode Seven. I could be wrong, but... Oh, probably not. I mean, I don't think you're going to see like Ahsoka in this movie or anything. I just, like that. I just think that JJ and Lawrence Kasdan are just they're doing their thing, and then it's like it's up to the story group to like make sure it like you know 
works into the rest of it. But oh, I think there's too much potential backstory to then shoehorn into just even the most minor character. If you do pick up somebody from what is it called? Rebels? Rebels, yeah. Yeah. No, I just mean in general. Like, I don't know. Like, did, did they, whoever came at that show, did they look at something to do with Kylo Ren and all that? And just did that inspire, like, oh, we should call this guy the Inquisitor? Yeah, I don't know. Um, by the way, I've, I've been trying to read that Tarkin book. Oh, yeah. I'm like maybe two thirds of the way through it. It's eh, not very good. I feel like there's like all these like references to the Clone Wars that people are supposed to appreciate if they watch that show. Mm-hmm. But. Tarkin Invader in it just come off like a bunch of morons. Like it's and it's weird because it's like it's like Tarkin. The whole plot is like Tarkin Invader. They like are like personally sent to investigate like some totally minor like like intelligence report. You know of like you know the you know separatists might have like some assets in some warehouse. We want you to go check it out. And it's like, dude, this is Darth Vader and like a moth. Like why, you know, like he, he, he starts the, the book out like managing like the Death Star construction. You're like, all right, that makes sense. That's like something Tarkin would do. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets dispatched with like a, like, you know, eight stormtroopers and Vader to like go investigate some like totally minor intelligence bullshit. And it's like the Emperor like wants them to like learn to work together or something. And then it's like his, his personal ship gets stolen and it's just like the rest of the book so far is just them being like, they have a way to track the ship, but then like the, the the rebels who stole the ship like figure it out and like you know get one over on them, and that's happened like four times now. Mm. Uh, and, and it just makes Tarkin and Vader seem like a bunch of bubbling fools. Like at one point, Tarkin and Vader are like both in like they're flying like uh, fighters. Like I could see Vader doing that because he's you know he that's that's his style. But like Tarkin flying in a fighter, like it, it I just think it'd be long past that. It's so weird. And I mean, this takes place, I think it's supposed to be like five-ish years after Revenge of the Sith. Maybe a little longer, but... But he's a moth at this point? He's a moth. Like, what is he doing flying fighters? He's not Darth Vader. He's not like an enforcer. What's it's... funny is that uh, New Hope, they're still not quite working together very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. The, the book is just bizarre, and it just makes Vader seem like less impressive. Like... You're you're reading the the dialogue Vader has, and you're trying to you know put it in the James Earl Jones voice, and it's it's just uh, feel like you're letting him down. Hmm. Like even Sidious is like taking like a personal interest, and in it's like stupid. It's like one ship, like one, not even like a capital ship, just like this like small ship that has like a cloaking device that gets stolen, and it's like causing all this trouble. It's like you're the fucking Empire, like can't you handle this ship? So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to read any of the other books because if this is indicative, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably read that. The There's one that's coming out in a few weeks, the whole uh, Aftermath one. Mm-hmm. I'll read that because that's like the first new canon stuff after uh, Return of the Jedi. But mm-hmm. the other books, like the Heir to the Jedi and Dark Disciples, like kind of like between episodes three and four, just not interested. Especially if this is the the quality, and it's I don't know, it's you know I've I've read good Star Wars books, so I, I know what those are, and this is not one of them. Yeah, it sounds rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else to talk about? You want to talk about Colin Trevorrow? Oh, if we must. Uh, officially directing episode nine. I was really hoping that was going to turn out to not be a true rumor. And I'm still really hoping that because there's so much time between now and the start of episode nine, maybe maybe this will change, like the Josh Trank thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I saw Jurassic World; it was not a good movie, and he he definitely he like he had a pass on that script. He has a writing credit. Like I've, a lot of people are like, "Oh, the problem with Jurassic World is a script." Like you know, it was good. You know, the directing was fine. It's like actually, no, it wasn't. Like that was his movie, and that was a bad movie. So he doesn't well, get to ex- escape blame for it. The director is still somewhat responsible for the script they film. Yeah, especially when you wrote it. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I think when people talk about directing, they're just thinking like of like the framing of the shots. I feel like that's what people, you know, like uh, the layman's idea of what a director is, is just kind of how the movie looks. They think that the, the cameraman. Yeah. Um, 
but no, I mean, everything about that movie, it's like, you know, the, the acting was not great. Characterizations are not great. It seemed very, very paint by numbers, kind of like hackish blockbuster work, which is why I'm not excited about this guy doing Star Wars. I mean, Safety Not Guaranteed was okay. I enjoyed it. But nothing, nothing about that movie made me think this guy's going to go direct Hollywood blockbusters, let alone Star Wars. Well, and, and direct them in the kind of the most bland way possible. I mean, Jurassic World is it's just an incredibly like uncreative movie. I felt like, and it, it seems like what we've been seeing from JJ is like somebody who like really has a vision and like really wants to get it right. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't know. Colin Trevor, maybe he has it in him, but he hasn't really shown it yet. No, I, I, for all the faults with the Godzilla movie, I like that guy a lot more, I think, than uh, Colin Trevorrow. I mean, Ryan Johnson, you know, he's writing the script, you know, he's been in pre-production for a long time, he's going to be directing it, like, you know he's going to bring a vision to it. Colin Trevorrow, I just, I, we'll see, I guess. I feel like people are just, like, hoping that, like, the Lucasfilm machine will be so solid by then that he can just like show up and direct and it won't be a big deal if he's not bringing his own vision. Well, Ryan Johnson though has more of a proven track record, I think. Um, Oh, for sure. But also, so that was an interesting detail too, was that, so they have kind of an idea for how this trilogy closes out, but a lot of the stuff that Ryan Johnson's bringing in episode eight is free reign basically. Well, they basically said like, here's what happens in episode seven. Now go write your own script for episode eight. It wasn't like, here's an outline. Right. It was just like your turn now. Um, And so that movie is definitely going to be him. And I just like, I'm not sure what I would be more concerned with uh, an episode nine that is like fully Colin Trevorrow or an episode nine where Colin Trevorrow just shows up and films what they already have and, and doesn't bring a lot of his own vision. (laughs) <laughs> I I would much rather hear that like a guy like uh, like Ryan Johnson is gonna stick with the franchise more so than uh, what's his name Kinberg. Oh yeah, that guy. Um. Yeah. You know what though, <laughs> we haven't had a good laugh yet about Josh Trank. <laughs> yeah. Well, somehow Kinberg has escaped criticism of that so far. Even though it's like a lot of these like supposed behind the scenes articles about what the fuck went wrong with Fantastic Four, it's like Kinberg was well aware. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, it sounds like they like knew before they even started shooting Fantastic Four, they like knew it was fucked, but they didn't know what to do. So they just like, it's like they had to make the movie for the right. So they just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. They knew well before. And then I guess there was another like summit halfway through production where they seriously thought about bringing another director mm-hmm. and they stopped because they didn't think they'd get a director who would be willing to, to <laughs> you know, li- like basically that Richard Lester and uh, uh, Richard Donner situation from like yeah. Superman movies. They didn't think to have a director who would just sit with Trank's bullshit. Well, supposedly Colin Trevorrow helped out with some of the pre-production stuff for episode seven. Just, I mean, I don't even know what that means exactly, but like supposedly he was like helping them with it for a while before JJ like officially took over. Well, so what, they what like, lasts? they knew like they, you know, Spielberg rec- recommended this dude to Kathleen Kennedy. Like they knew about him. They wanted to work with them. I think they just like didn't want to like give him the keys yet. And so, like, Jurassic World made shitloads of money, so it's like, all right, now we can trust you. What lasted from the Michael Arndt script? That's what I want to know. Who knows? I mean, the way you read that description of, like, how J.J. and uh, Lawrence Kasdan, like, kind of came up with the movie, it sounds like it could be nothing for all we know. I mean, maybe there are some ideas that are, like, we know we know we need this because they're already, like, working on, like, you know pre-visualization effects for it. But other than that, it's like, you know, open game. Mm-hmm. I would love to have just been a, just a, not a fly on the wall because metaphor doesn't work because they're walking, but just like, just to walk next to those guys and just hear what they're talking about. Like here, always... here, what, what do they think when they think of star Wars? Like, where does their brain go? You know? Oh, I bet those are fascinating tapes. I bet they're utterly fascinating. I mean, I wish at some point you could get those like almost transcribed and put into mm-hmm. a book or something, kind of like the uh, the Hitchcock Truffaut book, you know, like even when they go off topic, I bet it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the thing about Colin Trevorrow is that he seems and, you know, maybe this will change as his career evolves, but he seems like 
the kind of guy who who would be doing like a Marvel movie. Like Marvel is all about like their their new styles. They just like find directors you've like never even heard of practically, and they just like they just do the brand. And there's not a whole lot of like this is my vision or anything. Whereas it seems like with Star Wars, they're like they went and got J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. Like these guys are these movies are going to be reflective of the the personality of the director. And I don't know. Right now, it doesn't seem like Colin Trevorrow has a personality as a director. No, I mean, because... Other than, like, Mercedes. <laughs> the things that I even vaguely liked about Jurassic World were just stuff that, to me, felt like going through the the positive aspects of, of, of just these big disaster thrillers. You know, it felt like one of those movies, and then it went off the rails in its own thing. But... Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe Star Wars is just like the thing where he's just waiting to find himself. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know who this this guy is. I feel like I, mean, I, he, I have an idea who Ryan Johnson is, and I'm excited about what he could bring. I guess the hope is that like like any male in his like you know like 30s to late 40s, he's probably a huge Star Wars fan, yeah. and so hopefully like this is this is something he's going to like really bring his, his himself to more than maybe like Jurassic World, which is. I mean, I don't know if there's people like Jurassic Park, but I don't know if there's that same level of like obsession that like a Star Wars fan would have. No, I don't think so. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, episode nine's a long way off. I mean, they, the release date's 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't think they said yet whether it's going to be like fall or, or, or summer or uh, summer or winter, I should say, but we'll see. So they're, they're obviously moving. We'll get this in a second. Obviously, we'll get. They're obviously moving on Rogue One, but like, don't they have to start production on Episode Eight like in the next year or so? I would imagine they'll probably start filming like next summer? January. I'm guessing oh, January. Wow. Um, well, because that's a year and a half. Right? Should we be hearing a, a lot about potential casting now? <laughs> well, I, I don't think not. Usually, you hear about casting like right before they start filming. Um, I mean. Just Benicio del Toro stuff. Obviously, they're they're trying to lock him in now, but I, I imagine a fair amount of the cast is going to return. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's there's nothing to report if like you know Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are coming back. But I I would think that they're not only to hold off from like stepping on Episode Seven's opening, but also just because that's the holidays there, mm-hmm. and usually productions don't work over the holidays. So it seems much more likely to start shooting in January than like to shoot in december for like two weeks and then stop for the holidays and come back don't you feel like they've done such a better job though gearing you up for the the other side of the camera and all that stuff with episode eight than they did with like avengers 3 where there's like there's there's such a big like bevy of news not a big bevy of news but like a lot of talk about getting the russo brothers for Mm -hmm. like avengers 3 and 4 and it's like avengers 2 hadn't even come out yet well i do feel like they they definitely obviously they have to like get balls rolling for episode eight but they're trying to talk about it as little as possible yeah yeah they they want everybody to think about episode seven right now i just it made me like wonder though if the avengers like was marvel just trying to subtly paint joss Whedon as a lame duck already i don't think it's that so much as they have to like release these like slates for like the next five years of like what they're doing and you know they want people to be excited mm. I mean, that is the weird thing when you have the, the overlap there, because it's it's going to be tight. Like, you know, episode seven is going to release and like, you know, potentially the like casting news or episode eight will be happening like at the same time. With this podcast, I love that we we compare the juggernaut that is Star Wars as it grows and becomes bigger and fresher and newer to like what Marvel is doing. And then we counterpoint that with <laughs> shit talking DC. <laughs> Like, oh, do you want to do you want to take make a, a trilogy of Batman movies? Do you want to shit talk the uh, rumor that Jason Todd is the Joker? That's so dumb. <laughs> With a grill. Uh, <laughs> do you remember when people were like, "Look, Joker's not actually going to have those tattoos. It's just like a meta joke. It's because he's a Joker." And it's like, no, he actually has the tattoos. Yeah, unfortunately, he does. <laughs> oh, that movie just looks gross to me. I, I don't like where they're going with the Harley Quinn thing. Like, it really seems like the storyline they're going for is basically, like, Joker, like, tortures the shit out of, you know, Harleen Quinzel and turns her into Harley Quinn. Rather rather than kind of, like, the mental 
kind of mind psychological games, manipulation. psychological manipulation. It's but, like he's gonna hold her down on a table, and like when he when that line he says, you know, I'm not gonna kill you, I'm just gonna hurt you real real bad. He's saying that to her. Is he? That's what it appears to be the case. Yeah, if you kind of like look at other angles in the trailer, because I think it the rumors about the script was that there's like a separate thread where it's basically him escaping from wherever like bell rev or whatever prison mm-hmm. they have him in um i got the impression that he's like a side story in a way i didn't think that that was actually like a well it seems like they they like show like her origin or whatever like there's, there's you can see her being held down on a table by what appears to be the joker like it, but I, it's like a quick I shot of the, the trailer the origin of her as I recall from the animated series was that she, there was a part of her that was always looking to like have this kind of psychotic hidden part of her like flourish. And she sought him out in a way to, well, it's kind of a, you look into the abyss, the abyss looks into you type of thing. Like she studied him too much as a, a psychologist and kind of like, you know, became obsessed basically with him. Not like he just like tortured her and like, you know, she had Stockholm syndrome or something like that. And then fortunately in the comics, she's far surpassed him in a, in a way and being able to function with those crazier parts of herself. Um, mm. Yeah. I, nothing about what DC's doing appeals to More me. Batman. Everybody likes Batman, right? Uh, all right. Well, this from is the, Star Wars from podcast. The guy, from the guy who left his wife for his nanny. Um, yeah. So uh, Star Wars stories. Rogue One. Star Wars story. The anthology branding didn't last very long, which is probably a good thing because it all sounded weird. Mm. I do wonder, like, is the Han Solo movie just going to be called Han Solo or are they going to have some clever title for it? Or is it just going to be called like Solo, a Star Wars story? Yeah. Well, it's like the there's an interview with Kathleen Kennedy where she's just like, we don't want to make a, a Han Solo prequel that, you know, just tells us a bunch of shit we already knew and it, like isn't right. interesting. So it's like, so what are you going to do then? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Did we mention the Lord Miller in the last podcast? I don't know if that had happened yet. Yeah, we talked about the Lego movie. Uh, We don't want to spend time going back and answering a lot of questions that, quite frankly, I don't think people want answered, she said. Mm -hmm. Which is uh, dead on. (laughs) So what are you going to do in the movie? Yeah. Interesting. Late teens, early 20s, Han Solo. They're not going to introduce you to like a a 10-year-old Han. Um. Did you ever see the concept art for like young Han Solo for Revenge of the Sith? No, was it actually in there? There, I mean, it made it to like the concept art stage, and okay, hopefully George Lucas at some point was like, "Holy shit, that's a terrible idea." No, it was like scrappy orphan, like young Han Solo is like you know like an eight or nine year old, like oh, it just it, that would have been disaster. Was it just a lot of like uh, like like here's the scene set on like Corellia, and then no, it, it, I go, I, mean, I don't, I don't. I think maybe it's supposed to be on like Coruscant or something. It was just like mop top, like scruffy orphan. Like I don't, I don't even know how they would have worked it in, but it would have been awful. So thank God. Yeah, I, I, I like how the writer from Iron Nine puts it in this article though. Just that uh, the story that informs the character without demystifying him, which is basically mm-hmm. what you want from any of these prequel movies, including like your Obi Wan movie, excluding your your Boba Fett movie, because who gives a shit? But well, I guess that's the other one that supposedly Trank was working on was something to do with Boba Fett. Um, I do actually kind of like the rumor about Felicity Jones's character. What is the rumor? That she is Boba Fett's uh like daughter. You like that? I do kind of like that. It doesn't it doesn't even work mathematically. No, it does not at all, but I do kind of like that. And also she's white. Yeah, that's true. I uh that to me is just like no thank you. Um she, the ages don't match up at all. I mean, she's like, you know, even if they're saying she's mid-20s, the timeline doesn't work. And Boba Fett would have, like, impregnated somebody as, like, an 11-year-old. <laughs> uh, today's going to be an interesting day for talking about timelines. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's terrible. I like it only because if you're going to, like, shoehorn in these Star Wars stories, I want them to all kind of coalesce in some way. You know, I mean, because I know we've talked about, like, I want them to kind of inform the main trilogy in some way. So I like it in that regard. Um, Rogue One has its own problems aside from that. Well, I don't know. I mean, the the main thing is a lot of, I don't know if I call it a big controversy yet. We'll see. But 
some people are not happy that Felicity Jones appears to be the only woman in the cast. Because, um, I mean, they, they announced the cast, a uh, bunch of dudes, people we didn't even know were going to be in it, like Mads Mikkelsen and Alan Tudyk are playing like mo- motion capture characters, uh, like Forrest Whitaker, Donnie Yen. Um, I don't have the whole cast in front of me, but it's an impressive cast, except for the fact that it's like a sausage fest. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like my my feeling on this is the same as what we said when the the Force Awakens casting was first announced. It's like, let's wait and see the movie, and then we can talk about whether or not it's a problem because we don't know yet whether or not they're going to cast more people. I mean, obviously they they cast more women for the Force Awakens, so and and they cast more women for the Force Awakens because they were still in the middle of a casting process. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily that they were responding to internet criticism. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. When I see the movie, then I will draw my conclusions, I guess. I, it, it would be nice to have more women in the movie, but maybe there's a reason for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe they just you know haven't cast those characters yet. Yeah. I'm sure that you will see other female faces. I don't know how integral they'll be to the story, but... I mean, it's it's possible that that, that actually is some sort of plot point, that like it's intentional that the rest of her cast is men and... I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But Felicity Jones, I, I tried watching The Theory of Everything last night and I made it like five minutes in and turned it off. She seems nice, but I don't know. I, I could tell it was like it was going to be the scene where uh, where Stephen Hawking there like tries to like hit on her and she's like with other people and just embarrasses himself. And I was like, I don't know if I can watch this right now. I have not seen The Theory of Everything. I saw the the Cumberbatch movie where he played Stephen Hawking. So I feel like I've seen that exact same oh, there you go. scene with uh, Alice Eve, I think it was. Hmm. Uh, well, let's see. Anything else? But Felicity about? Jones, it's, it's interesting. So she was supposed to be Black Cat in like the Amazing Spider-Man movies. That she, yeah, she was casting that, right? She was in the second. She was briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that movie's a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, the the cast photo they released, it's not even the whole cast, it's just some of them. It looks interesting. It seems a little, the color palette is a little blah for my taste. Hopefully, it's a, little, old, it's a little dark. It's a little grim. Well, it's it's a little, like, not colorful. Like, you know, it's it's basically, like, very desaturated. Like, I hope the whole movie doesn't look that way. I know they're, they're filming on, like, a, like, in the jungle. It's supposed to be some sort of jungle planet. So, hopefully, there'll be plenty of green and, like, you know, like, sand and dirt and whatnot so it's not just like everything just looks like mush and like gray mm-hmm. I, it's I an impressive wanna, cast i kind of want to see like one of them you know in like the orange jumpsuit or something mm-hmm. i wonder if any of them will wear the you know the like those weird helmets that the rebel troopers troopers wear at the beginning of uh, a new hope yeah like, probably not i also figured that those were specifically for like fighting on ships mm-hmm. like is they're like kind of like fireman helmets or like like to keep the sparks out of your collar mm-hmm. also figured that's what those are for so i don't know if that would make sense in like a commando mission but for every you know resistance uh star wars group here i mean there's a there's a decent goggle ratio happening in this photo mm-hmm. a lot of weird tech stuff like weaponry stuff i'm i'm kind of fascinated some people by- are speculating that diego luna is biggs <laughs> Which, I don't know, we'll see. That'd be interesting. I don't know, I like, I like the look on her face. I like her stance. It's almost kind of Han Solo-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. I don't know, I mean... Godzilla... It's not a great movie. We'll see, we'll see with this one. I don't, it's... It's like it. It seems like it's been described as like they're stealing the Death Star plans, but somehow it's like some sort of gritty war movie. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sure exactly how that's gonna work. It it seems like there's you getting this impression that it's like it's like it's, oh, it's saving Private Ryan or something. It's all just like this ground combat. It's like how does that involve stealing Death Star plans exactly? Like yeah, you would well, you know the- there's only like like eight of them or whatever. You know you wouldn't you would think that like the Empire could fight them off eventually. Plus, I would think that the name Rogue One would imply that they are pilots. So you'd think there'd be some 
I don't get that sense. I don't know. We'll see. Space maybe stuff. maybe a little bit. I, I guess it just seems like stealing plans. Like that's not the kind of job you go in guns blazing for. Right. You you sneak in. So I don't I don't know how that lines up with the like gritty ground combat thing that they're selling it as. I guess we'll see. Uh, only other news I can think of is the uh, the new Disney Park stuff. There's going to be Star Wars Land. Yes. Both Disneyland and Disney World. That sounds like it's a long way off, though. Like, that could be, like, three or four years. Yeah, that's going to... I mean, we're talking how many... Like, 14 acres? Like, that's going to take a while to put together. Yeah, it's going to be massive. I do, do believe they said they're going to update the Star Tours ride with Force Awakens stuff. Awesome. Which Can't be wait. cool. Also, um... What was the other thing? Oh, they're they're renaming Space Mountain Hyperspace Mountain, like just for like the hall, just for this winter. I think it's like just like a temporary rebranding. So I don't know. That could be interesting. I like the concept art though for what Star Wars Land will look like. Um, it's basically just like Star Wars, you know, fantasy art. I, I'm kind of well, curious. Some people think it. that that might be a planet in the Force Awakens. The one picture to me, you know. The architecture looks vaguely Nabooish. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's very vertical. I wonder if they're gonna do that in Disneyland. One of the things about Disneyland is they're very good about sightlines, so that when you're in one area of the park, mm-hmm. you don't really see other areas. I mean, except for the except Matterhorn. for the castle. Somewhat, yeah. Um, but like, it's. I mean, they. You know, they it's very calculated. Like when you're in one area of Disneyland, they don't want you to really notice the other areas or, you know, they, they hide sight lines very well. So I don't know how high they could build some of this uh, star Wars land stuff, but it'll be interesting just because like the, like you said, the science of Disneyland, the way that mm-hmm. the, those parks blend into each other um, and working star Wars into that will be exciting. Um, I'd absolutely love to go back for the star tours again. I'd like to see more rides like that. I I would I you know whenever the Star Wars land officially opens I'm sure it'll be packed as shit but definitely gonna need to check that out I mean it's they're saying that everybody there like all the employees will be like kind of dressed as Star Wars you know characters and whatnot like it's kind of gonna be immersive like you're in a Star Wars cantina or walking by the Millennium Falcon so that's gonna <laughs> be awesome which is funny because while I find it hard to swallow that you could go buy your kid a a kylo ren shirt like two months before the Mm -hmm. movie comes out i do like the idea that i could go to the cantina and spend twenty dollars on a soda oh yeah (laughs) like would it even be a soda or did i don't know i feel like the the cheapest thing on the menu would be like (laughs) the soda or just like a glass of milk Mm -hmm. and then some guy taps you on the shoulder and is like i don't like you (laughs) i don't like you either yeah um all right well i think that about covers everything in the world of star wars it is the 17th right now so what is that five months four months four months four months away if my math is correct that's not that long no we didn't talk about the picture of mark hamill oh yeah uh leaked photo of mark hamill in like jedi roads basically it looks like like slightly snazzed up Jedi robes would be the best way I could describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's being—he's he, like standing in the middle of a rig of a bunch of DSLR cameras being like shot from every angle. So people speculate maybe this is for like a hologram scene. Um, he looks about like what you'd expect like old man Jedi Luke Skywalker to look like, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean you've seen. Mark Hamill doing things in the world in the last few months of his, as he put it, contractually obligated beard. Mm-hmm. Like it's just him and essentially Obi-Wan robes. But it's like, there's, there seems to be like an extra like scarf or something. They seem just like a little bit fancier. Like there's some trim on them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I imagine, I, I, mean, I don't think that's fake. That looks pretty real. So not surprising that, Mark Hamill look like a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. We've got four months to go. The new trailer. I'm guessing the new trailer is going to come out in about a month. I know people want it to come out on this like Force Friday thing. That's like only two weeks away. And like 
they said fall like they said at comic-con like mm. trailers not coming till the fall and fall technically starts in late september so we'll yeah. see well they made sure you knew it wasn't going to be d23 even though people are still mad they didn't get a trailer there it's like i don't know what you're expecting they told you it wasn't going to be there um yeah we'll be back to talk about star wars when we have more stuff to talk about we'll learn a little bit more about the knights of ren mm-hmm. until then may the force be with you always always